My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe that you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast. Whether you're brand new to the show or you're a seasoned vet, it would mean the world to me if you took just one minute to share this episode with a friend or a colleague who could benefit from what you learned today. And don't forget to also click the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice, because the more subscribers we have, the more that iTunes and the other platforms recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show which is a special episode where I provide my articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to walk and listen instead of sit and read if that's your preference. My hope is that you're gonna use this opportunity to get up and step away from your chair for the next 15 minutes and build the habit of moving more throughout your workday. The following is a reading of my article titled The Five Most Common Mistakes That You're Making With Your Cold Emails and How to Fix Them which can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash email mistakes. This article is the second of three parts in my series about writing great outreach emails. If you would like to download all three parts, as well as a bonus checklist to help you craft your next cold email, you can download my brand new insider's guide to writing great outreach emails for free at optimizeyourself.me slash email guide. This episode is made possible for you by, you guessed it, ErgoDriven, the creators of the Topomat, my number one recommended product if you are interested in moving more and not having sore feet at your height adjustable or standing workstation. Almost every new person that I meet in this industry starts our conversation with, hey, I got a Topomat because of you. It changed my life. Thank you. If you are not standing on one today, I cannot recommend it enough. It's super comfortable, it's an awesome conversation starter, and by the way, it's also scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your workday. To learn more and get your topo mat, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O. I get it. Who's not busy? I'm busy, we're all busy, everybody's busy. But other people being busy is not a valid excuse for you not getting any responses to your cold outreach messages. Most likely, the lack of response has nothing to do with the recipient being busy and everything to do with making one or more of the most common mistakes that I see people making when they send their cold outreach emails. Having both sent and received thousands of outreach emails in my career, I've got a pretty good sense of what works and what doesn't. Earlier in my career as a trailer editor, I was tasked with reviewing hundreds of cold submissions from other trailer editors so we could build our roster of freelancers. And that included sifting through hundreds of resumes and also multiple boxes of VHS and DVD demo reels. And yes, I just aged myself there. Later in my career, I started a boutique post-production marketing agency and I hired multiple employees via cold job listings. After, of course, I sifted through thousands of emails for each submission. 
And now having put myself out there very publicly with my website and podcast, I receive about five to 10 solicitations per day from people who want to sell me their products, get on my podcast, put links on my website, have me pass along their resume, and of course, have coffee and pick my brain. Needless to say, I know what outreach messages look like from the perspective of the person that receives them, and the vast majority of them are just plain bad. Before identifying the most common mistakes and breaking down why most outreach emails fail to receive a response, however, it is imperative that you put yourself in the seat of the person who's about to receive your message. This is a process that I like to call crawling into the brain of your recipient. Picture in your mind right now a person that you reached out to recently. Maybe it's a famous editor, director, producer, best-selling author, or a studio executive. Imagine them in their daily work environment. Imagine the amount of requests that are put upon them for their time, their opinions, and their expertise. Imagine them being so busy that they have to frantically eat lunch every day right at their workstation. And now imagine their email inbox. While it may seem nearly impossible to compete for a busy person's valuable attention, given how little they have available, it is possible to stand out amongst the noise if you construct your outreach message correctly and you go out of your way to provide value to this person. But because providing value is an elusive concept and because outreach can be a tedious, time-consuming, and slow process, most people just opt for the easy route instead, as you're going to see below. Here are the five most common mistakes that I see people making with their cold outreach messages. Mistake number one is making it all about you. It's common to think that the best way to get the attention of an expert, a potential mentor, or somebody who can open that oh-so-elusive door to the next major stage of your career is to sell yourself, and of course include every relevant piece of information that will set you apart from your competitors. And of course, don't forget to attach your resume and a link to your website. But you have lost the game immediately if you are making the message all about you and your needs. From your perspective, you might be thinking, you don't get it, this is my one shot. So you must share all of your credits, your expertise, your experience, your education, and it's imperative that you impress them with your uncanny ability to interpret the deeper meaning of their creative choices such that it reads like a graduate film school thesis. But from their perspective, a busy person will be just fine ignoring your email. It is not their responsibility to respond to your message. It is your responsibility to earn their response. The fix? Stop thinking that this email is your only shot to sell yourself. The purpose of your first outreach message is not to land a job or an interview or a lunch meeting or a phone call or a shadowing opportunity. The purpose of your first outreach email is simply to get a response and start the conversation. Mistake number two. Your message isn't personal and it reads like a template or even worse, like a group message. I know how tempting it is to be as efficient as possible with the limited amount of time that you have to network. We all love our macro keyboard commands that get us from eight keystrokes to two keystrokes, but outreach messages are not the place to focus on efficiency. Sending 500 generic messages with a 1% response rate is gonna get you five responses, and they're gonna be tepid at best. Sending 10 highly personalized, thoughtful, and handcrafted messages to the right people with a 70% response rate will get you seven responses, all of which have the potential to lead to a genuine relationship. Stop hunting with a shotgun and start hunting with a sniper rifle. 
Here's an example of a common template message that I'll receive from acquaintances or from former colleagues. The subject is checking in, dot, dot, dot. Hey, happy 2020. Congrats on finishing Cobra Kai season three and on your podcast. I just finished working on my latest project, so I'm back to looking for my next gig. Attached is my resume just in case you hear of anything. Let me know if you have time for coffee, lunch, or a phone call so that we can catch up. All right, first of all, how do I know that this is a template email? Well, because they forgot to replace my name. Yes, they did take the time to personalize the very first sentence, but anybody with Google or IMDb can find out in two minutes or less what I've been working on. Now for context, this is an acquaintance that I do know personally whom I've met at several past networking events, and he's a great guy. I truly want him to succeed. But we've never worked together, so I don't feel comfortable blankly forwarding his resume for a job without knowing more about his job performance. And furthermore, I only hear from him when he's unemployed. Had he instead, I don't know, watched an episode or two of Cobra Kai or listened to a recent episode of my podcast and commented on something that inspired him, I absolutely 100% would respond. But in this case, it's tough to make the time for coffee or lunch when this technically was written for somebody else and not for me. Here's an example of the type of group emails that I get all the time. The subject line is editor available, and this is sent to undisclosed recipients. Hello, everyone. I thought I'd reach out to let all of you know that I'm available and looking if anybody hears of shows or features that are needing someone to cut. If you hear of anything, feel free to hit me up or direct them to my website. Thanks for your consideration. Now, let's say that I don't know this person, or even if I've met them casually, but I haven't worked with them before, why would I refer them? Vouching for somebody puts my reputation on the line. And if I do know this person or I've worked with them in the past, then why haven't they made the effort to reach out to me directly? The fix. When you reach out to people, ditch the templates. Stop worrying about the quantity of messages that you can get out into the world and instead focus on the quality of your messages. Demonstrate that you have clearly done your homework. Identify something unique about their work. Quote something that they said in an interview or panel. Mention an obscure reference to a project that they worked on 20 years ago that you loved. Send them a link to an article that they would find helpful and valuable. Make it clear that you have invested considerable time and energy into drafting a one-of-a-kind outreach message that's meant just for them. This is going to make them think, well, this was nice of them. I guess at the very least, I should probably read the rest of their message. Mistake number three, you get too personal and you send your life story. Yes, yes, I realize that I just told you not to send a template and instead to take the time to craft a personal message, but please do not send your life story. At best, you have two minutes or less to get this person's attention and get them to respond before they are onto other messages and urgent matters in their life. Your life story is going to have to wait for another conversation. If you go to the written version of this post, and once again, that's at optimizeyourself.me slash email mistakes, I have shown you an example of somebody that sent me a page-long version of their life story. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it, but you're going to get the point pretty quickly. Now, I still have every intention of responding to the person that wrote me this message, eventually. Their heart is absolutely in the right place, and they have clearly done their homework on me. But alas, because the email is incredibly long, detailed, and personal, and because crafting an equally thoughtful response will most likely take me 30 minutes or more, this message will continue to sit on my pile of messages that deserve a response, but frankly just don't fit on my calendar. The fix. 
Be brief, but also be specific. In no more than two quick paragraphs, you need to make the following two things clear. Who are you and what do you want from this person? Connect the dots for them so they understand where you are on your career path and what you have in common. Share a few relevant details, but then get to your ask. If done right, you'll have all the time in the world to share your life story when you meet for lunch. Mistake number four, you have not made it abundantly clear how this person can help you or why they should at all. I cannot tell you how many times I've been told by someone desperately struggling, nobody in this business wants to help me. Now think for a second about where you are right now in your career. And frankly, I don't care if you're the head of Amazon post-production or you're an intern. Now I want you to imagine someone reaching out to you with a similar backstory, similar challenges, and facing the same obstacles that you perhaps overcame just a few years ago to get where you are today. If this person seems genuine and they're hardworking and they have good intentions, wouldn't you want to help them succeed? I bet you'd go out of your way to help them. Why? Because they remind you of yourself at that point in your life. Now instead, imagine receiving a message like this. Hi, Zach. If you know of anyone looking for an editor or an assistant editor, I am now available. I swear to God, that was the entire message. No doubt this person has good intentions, but there's only one possible way that I can help them. Give them a job or refer them. Except I don't know anything about this person at all. Why in the world would I consider them for an upcoming job opportunity or refer them if I know nothing about them or their past experience? I do want to help people, but sorry, this right here is an instant delete. Had this person instead introduced themselves, briefly illustrated where they are now in their career journey and where they hope to be someday, and then they made it clear where specifically they require assistance to take the next small step, I would bend over backwards to help them. Now, this next phrase I want you to tattoo on your forehead. It is not that people don't want to help you. It's that you have not made it clear enough how they can help you. The fix. Make it clear how you are similar to the person that you're reaching out to. Demonstrate that you've done your homework so this person immediately understands why they are the right fit to receive your message and provide you some assistance. Find common ground. Increase familiarity so you don't come off as another generic person hungry for a job. And then illustrate very specifically how this person can help you with a very clear ask. More on that is coming next. Mistake number five. Your questions require a lengthy response or you're asking too many. At this point, you've stopped selling yourself, you've ditched the templates, and your message is short and concise. And you've also made it clear who you are, what you want, and where you need help. Now it's time for the ask. Oh my God, this is where most people blow it. Once again, crawl into the brain of the recipient and review your questions. Are they easy to respond to? Can they respond quickly? Have you asked too many questions? Here's a message that is easy to respond to, doesn't ask too many questions, and I can certainly respond to this quickly. Hi, Zach. Good to e-meet you. Thanks for opening the invitation to connect. Can I buy you coffee sometime and pick your brain? Let me know whatever time works best for you. If your first cold ask forces somebody to open their calendar, you have already lost. Yes, this message is easy to respond to, but unfortunately, the answer will probably be no, especially if it requires scheduling time in somebody's day that they don't even have for themselves. And instead of asking somebody if you can pick their brain, i.e. extract years of their time and expertise for free, 
What if instead you simply asked for advice to a very specific challenge? Furthermore, no matter how brilliant your questions are or how smart you think they make you look, if they are not easy to answer in two minutes or less, you are once again going to be filed to the someday pile at best. So here's an example of how not to ask questions in your cold outreach. Hey Zach, just following up and I figured I'd ask you a few questions. What were some of the things that you wish you knew before you got started? What is it about marketing and trailer houses that make it so different and much more competitive? Second, for someone like me who's been in the game of being a post-BA before in scripted and out of it for almost a year in retail, what tips would you have for me to find a way to bounce back into this? Third, I've seen on websites for Trailer Park, Tiny Hero, Mob Scene, etc., these contact us sections. After reading a few articles on the subject of cold calling, would you recommend reaching out by cold email and or cold calling? Now, let me just say this. Every single one of these is a great question, and each is a wonderful topic of conversation over lunch or a meet and greet phone call. And doing a good job of answering every single one of these questions would take forever. The fix. Make your ask as simple as possible. Don't ask more than one or two simple questions. You can always follow up and go into more detail later. Once again, the objective of your first cold outreach message is not to land a job or mentorship or a lunch meeting. Your objective is to begin the conversation and earn a response. It really is that simple. Step outside your networking comfort zone. I say this with zero hyperbole. Your career depends on your ability to write compelling and engaging cold emails. I get that as an introvert, putting yourself out there to people that you admire and want to work with is terrifying. But if you are tired of showing up to networking events and walking away empty-handed because you didn't meet anyone new or the people that you did meet frankly can't help you, then cold outreach is the most important soft skill that you must master if you are seeking advice about the next step in your career, you're looking for mentorship, or you have identified a potential dream project that you would love to be a part of. And the best part? You can do it from home in your pajamas. I hope you enjoyed the reading of my article, The Five Most Common Mistakes That You're Making With Your Cold Emails and How to Fix Them, which can be found at optimizeyourself.me slash email mistakes. This article is the second of three parts in my series about writing great outreach emails. If you would like to download all three parts, as well as a bonus checklist to help you craft your next cold email, you can download my brand new insider's guide to writing great outreach emails for free at optimizeyourself.me slash email guide. Thank you for listening. Be well. This episode was made possible for you by, you guessed it, Ergo Driven, the creators of the Topomat, my number one recommended product if you are interested in moving more and not having sore feet at your height adjustable or standing workstation. Almost every new person that I meet in this industry starts our conversation with, hey, I got a Topomat because of you. It's changed my life. Thank you. Listen, standing desks are only great if you're actually standing well. Otherwise, you are just fighting fatigue and chronic pain. Not like any other anti-fatigue mat, the Topo is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increases your focus and your productivity. I'm literally standing on one as I read this, and I don't go to a single job without it. And if you're smaller and concerned the Topo mat might be too big, or you simply don't have the floor space, well, there's a Topo Mini for that. 
To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O.